Keep me real with Jared Lawrence. Did you miss me? Beyonce weekend brand new album out renaissance act one and I'm back I'm back from Vegas I'm back from Texas took me about a week to recover and I took a week to myself, but hopefully we'll get back on schedule now. And I wanted to start it with Beyonce because this is Sunday. So we're playing Church Girls off of that new Beyonce album. And if you can tell by the lyrics, it has nothing to do with being like a good quote unquote church girl. It's kind of the opposite about just being free, living free and uh, living your best life. And that's what I did these past few weeks. So this episode, I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to recap like my whole vacation. I feel like I have enough to go off of that. We have stories. We have experiences. So I'm just going to talk about the vacation, let y'all know what I did and uh, how everything went. So let's just start from the beginning. I left July 9th to go to Las Vegas. My mom gave me a ride to the airport. I woke up at 5.30 in the morning, trying to get to the airport by 6.30 in the morning because my flight was at 9 a.m. So I, I've, I'm feeling good as I wake up in the morning. We leave the house probably around 6.45, you know, never, never on time with me. But we left around 6.45. All right, cool. I'll get to the airport around 7.15. Still gives me an hour and a half, 45 minutes to get situated, get on this plane to Vegas. So on the way to the airport, things already are not going smoothly because as we're getting into the airport, if you are familiar with Orlando, getting off of the 528 onto Cimarron, heading into the airport, I see the ramp backed up already, the off-ramp from 528, and I'm like, what's going on? This is not good. Maybe it's like, um, just a little traffic. That's what me and my mom were thinking. We're like, maybe it's a little traffic with a lot of people flying, but I'm like, it's like seven in the morning. Why is that's kind of weird, but me thinking, I know it all. I said, mom, 
get off on summer on the other way. We'll U-turn at, um, I forgot the name of the street where the hotels are. And we'll come back on the airport the other way to avoid that ramp that was backed up. So we go off, we U-turn, and you could just see Semron's backed up going into the airport. I'm like, what is going on today? Like, this many people are flying. Like, I haven't flown in two and a half years, so I didn't know what was going on. I just thought everybody was going on vacation. You know, we're back to normal. Everybody's flying everywhere. But I realized quickly that was not the case as we sat in traffic for about 15, 20 minutes. Then I'm starting to get nervous because I'm like, dang, I don't want to miss my flight over this BS. Come to find out there was a fatal car accident that day, like in the airport, heading in the airport, I guess. And they had to shut down the whole entrance to the airport. So people were having to go all the way the back way to get into the airport, which is um, what's that street? Is it T? Not T. Julie. Um, where you get off on Golden Rod, you take that road all the way back and then you come back like from like if you were in Kissimmee, Boggy Creek, that area. But by the time we got to the airport, it was open back up. So the traffic was just moving very slowly because I guess all the lanes weren't open. But it was better than being completely shut down. So as we get through there, I realize what's going on. But I'm still grateful because I think by this point, I make it to the airport gate or the baggage area or whatever to drop off my stuff and uh, check in. What is that called? The ticket counter? Yeah, I make it there. I believe my mom drops me off around like 7.45, 7.50. So by this time, I got like an hour to go, an hour to play with, an hour and 15 minutes. I'm, I'm feeling pretty relaxed because I've made it through the worst part. So I get out the car, hug my mom goodbye, get my bags, which, as you know from the episode with Damien, I packed very heavily. I had two big bags. I had a bag for my pillow that I uh, had around my shoulder, and I had my book bag, so four bags total. I'm looking at the line inside, and it's ridiculous, like, to check your bag. So, you know me. I'm on vacation. I'm doing the bougie thing. I'm like, I'm going straight to the sky cap. If you don't know what the sky cap is, it's the people outside of the ticketing place, like the outdoor part of the airport. You can go straight to them and check your bags. But, you know, you're supposed to tip them a little bit. So I was like, all right, no no problem. I have, like, five bucks for you. I don't know if that's a lot. Kyle told me he said five was good. I could have went a little higher, but at this point, I thought five was okay. So I give the guy the five, and what he does is he checks my bags for me and prints the boarding pass. Now, listen, this is where the story gets a little, we're going to take a turn. So he prints the boarding pass. I just take it from him, say thank you. I'm on my way. Not paying attention 100% to the boarding pass. I glance at the boarding pass. I see B43. All right, so I see B43. I'm like, hmm, that's weird. I'm on the I'm on the A side of the airport, but I guess I have to go to the B side to gate 43. So I go all the way there, do the little security check-in, get in the, um, on the little monorail, whatever, get to that side. At this point, it's probably 8.15, probably about 8.15, yeah. So I'm like, all right, I got some time. Let me go to the bathroom real quick. So go to the bathroom, do what I got to do, get out. And I'm looking at the line. They started boarding the flight at this point because, you know, they board 30 minutes in advance. So I'm looking for. um, Oh, no, no. This is what it was. I see the boarding and it's like one through six and then like six through ten or something. something. Was it that? Yeah, it was something like that. It was like numerical boarding. 
And I'm like, that's kind of weird. Southwest doesn't normally do that. Southwest is like normally like the A group, the B group, the C group. So at this point, I'm like, let me just look up real quick at the screen to see like if this is the flight. So I look up and it's a United flight. And I'm like, uh oh. At this point, I've never felt this feeling in my life that I've felt when like everything just like the panic attack I almost had right there at that very moment when I realized I was at the wrong gate. So I go back and look at the boarding pass again. I'm like, what the heck, man? It said B43. So when I go back and look at the boarding pass again, I see that it was the group that I was boarding was B43 for Southwest, the B group. And I was in the 43rd. um, You know how Southwest does it. It's A1 through 60, I believe, B1 through 60, and then C1 through 60. But like I said, I haven't flown in like two and a half years. I forgot the game. So I see that, and I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh, my God. It's 8.30, probably like 8.35, 8.38. So I'm like, I'm going to miss this flight. I'm freaking out. I got to get back to – I got to get all the way to the A side now and try to figure out where – oh, because then I look down on the boarding pass, and it says gate 121. And I just like have that moment like I cannot believe this is happening right now. I've gone through all this just to get to this airport, sitting in that traffic, and now I'm out to miss my flight because I misread the boarding pass. So I take off running. I get back on the little monorail. I get back to the terminal. I start running. I run past the little security guy. I'm like, yo, yo, I miss. I'm 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 heading to the Southwest flight in 121. Like I messed up. Blah, blah. And he was like, he was like, oh yeah yeah. Uh, don't worry, the line's not that long. You'll be okay. And I'm like, all right. So I just keep running. I make it to the A side. The line is long. He lied to me. So I'm like, oh, my God. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? So I'm sitting in the line, freaking out more. It's moving slow. You know, people at this point, everything's going, like, against me. So I actually asked, like, a black dude in front of me. He was probably, like, 10 spots ahead of me. I said, hey, bro, can I get up there where you're at? Like, I really got to make this flight. He, and he looks at it. He looks at the boarding pass. He's like, yeah, you're probably not going to make it, but you can come on. So I'm like, all right, whatever. So I go ahead of him. We're still waiting. By the time I get through the whole security thing, it's probably 8, 8.50, probably 8.50. So I get on the monorail. I take it to where I think 121 is. But then when I get off, I realize I'm in like the 90s, the 99 area. So I got on the wrong monorail. So at this point, I'm like, there's no way I'm making this flight. So I get back on the monorail. I go back, get back on the correct monorail, make it to the 121 side. As I'm running up to gate 121, the door is closed. And you, if you've ever flown and you see the door closed, you know what that means. You're not getting on the flight. It's a wrap. I had that before one time in, like, Tennessee when the door was closed. I tried to open it. I ain't going to hold you. <laughs> it was years ago. I was probably, like, 27, 28. I tried to open it. They yelled at me. I, I, I probably could have got arrested. I think that's, like, a felony or some shit, but... I knew this time, don't even bother. Like, I, the L. I got to take the L. So I tell the lady, oh, yeah, I'm, I missed, like, I'm trying to get on that flight. She's like, yeah, you're going to have to go talk to customer service and try to rebook. I knew what it was. Like, at this point, I've, I've already accepted my fate. It's just a matter of how bad is it going to be. Like, when will I get to Vegas? Because if I would have caught that flight, it was a direct flight to Vegas. I would have got to Vegas at, I believe it was like 1230 in the afternoon. In the Magic we're playing. No, no, I think I was going to get to Vegas at like 11-something. I think it was like 11-something, 11 11.50 maybe. And the Magic were going to play at like 1. 
and the plan was to drop my bags off at the hotel and go to the, watch the Magic Summer League game because I wanted to see Paolo Boncaro, which the whole trip was like Summer League related. I wanted to see the Blazers, but, you know, I was like, I'm going to go check out Paolo too since the Magic and Blazers were playing on the same day. So I go to the customer service lady at the airport trying to rebook. There's two people ahead of me. Both of them are taking forever. Neither of them ended up getting tickets, so they just kind of were up there for no reason. I finally get to the front with the lady. 15 minutes probably have gone by with me just waiting. So I asked the lady, hey, I'm trying to get to Vegas. You know, can you help out? And she's looking. This is a Jamaican lady, I believe, or some type of Caribbean lady. And then um, she calls. Actually, all right. This is another important part. While I'm at the gate or at the customer service, I hear on the intercom, we are still boarding for flight or at gate 103 for a flight to Louisville and then Vegas. And I'm like, oh, if I get on that flight, I'm money. Like, it's probably not going to mess me up too bad. So then in the middle of that, I'm waiting for these two people ahead of me. And they finally get done with their stuff. So when they're done, I go to the lady. I'm talking to her. She calls that gate trying to get me on the flight. So she's like, you got room for one more? And then uh, I can hear her say, the door closed? Oh, man. Okay. So then she hangs up with them. And I'm like, dang it, man. So she's like, all right, I'm going to have to send you to Dallas, and then you'll go to Vegas. Um, so like, oh, what's how I get to Vegas? 5.40 p.m. Whoa, hold up. I'm like, whoa, 5.40. I'm going to miss the whole Magic game. I'm barely making it for the Blazer game because the Blazer game was going to be 7 p.m. Pacific time. She's like, that's the best I can do right now. So I was like, all right, cool. Just put me on the Dallas flight. I, the Dallas flight didn't even leave Orlando till like 12.40 p.m. So I'm going to have to sit at the airport for like three and a half hours. But I'm like, whatever. I'll just make do. It's my fault. I'm going to accept responsibility. So she prints me the boarding pass for that. After she prints me that boarding pass... I'm in the back of my mind. I'm like, you know what? Let me just go see what's going on over there at 103. I heard them talking about they still had room and the gate was open. Let me just go see what's going on at 103. So I start walking over to gate 103 um, from 121. And when I get to 103, you wouldn't even believe it. The door is open. The door is open. So I run. I run to the door. I tell the lady. Hey, I'm trying to get on this flight. I heard you guys were still looking for people. And she's like, yes, yes, we are. Um, go, go talk to the customer service lady and uh, have her change your ticket. So I'm like, oh, my God. Oh God. Thank you so much. Thank you so, uh, so I run to the customer service at that gate. This lady has like an attitude. I believe she's the one that the lady at my other gate called and was like, oh, we closed it. So I'm like, hey, I'm trying to get on that flight. Uh, they told me that the door was closed, but it's open. So she's just like, ah, give me your ticket. And then she's like taking her sweet old time. And then she's trying to explain to me that my bags are not going to get to Vegas with this flight. And I said, lady, I don't care when my bags get to Vegas. I need to be in Vegas. And I said, my bags are probably on the flight I missed in the beginning anyway. So they're probably going to be there before I get to Vegas. So anyways, after going back and forth with her, she finally prints me a new boarding pass. I get on the flight that's going from Louisville or Orlando to Louisville to Vegas. The lady at the gate is so excited that I made it on the flight. She's like clapping like, oh, my God, I'm so glad you made it. Oh, my God, this is great. I'm like, thank you. God is good, man, because like I was about to have a whole meltdown in this airport. But just my belief and my faith and my trust in God, I was able to still kind of get this ship righted. It wasn't perfect, but I got on this flight and I believe they said um, this flight was getting to Vegas. What did I say? The magic game started at one. 
So this flight was getting to Vegas at like 140. That's what it was. Yes. So it was getting to Vegas at like 140. So it saves me four hours of if I would have had to go to, through Dallas. But it also loses me two hours on if my made the nonstop. Which I got on this plane. And this is wild because this plane just it was supposed to leave at 830. And at 915, 930, I was able to get on this flight somehow. And it's just, I get on there and we sit for like another 30 minutes. Like something's going on. I don't know if it had to do with that accident from earlier where just people were not, everybody didn't make it onto the flights in time and they were waiting. But it makes me think that the one that I missed, the nonstop, they probably sat there for a while too. But it's all good. I got on this flight. This was actually a pretty empty flight too. I had the whole back row to myself, which I love. If you know me when I fly, I have to be close to the bathroom. Preferably the back because the front bathroom is a little crowded. Everybody's trying to go up there. So I got to be super like I like to be right next to that bathroom because I want to control the aisle. That's what I call it. I call it controlling that aisle. I sit in the aisle seat. I'm in the back so I can see if anybody's getting up trying to come to the bathroom. If anybody's peeking around looking back like if it's open. I kind of sense when I need to make my move to the bathroom. So that was great for me to just to have access to that. I don't even know if I went. I might have went to the bathroom one time on that flight. And it was the two bathrooms in the back. So it was just a good setup. Sometimes you get that flight with the one bathroom. Had that on the way back from Texas. Not, not the best situation. But anyways, I get on this flight, blah, blah, blah. We go to Louisville. Then in Louisville, we got to switch over. I think we had to walk to like a whole different. I think I had to go back through the security checkpoint because of the way the Louisville airport was set up. It's kind of weird. But we do that. Um, they said they were going to hold the flights for us because we were late leaving, so we got to Louisville late. But I get on the flight in Louisville, and at this point, I'm not like, I, I, it's a full flight for one, and I'm not like the first person. Actually, no, I'm, I'm, I'm tripping, I'm tripping. We had to leave and go through another gate on the way back. I'm sorry. So in Louisville, what happened was we stayed on the plane, and then the, uh, they added more people in Louisville, so they just counted the people that were on, and after that, they said we could move around. So at this point, I'm like, all right, you know what? I don't think I want to like try to hold down this back from Louisville to Vegas. I think I want to get a little more comfortable. So I get up and I find an exit row seat, which if you know, the exit row is more leg room. So I get the exit row seat and I'm in like, um, I think I still got the aisle. I'm still holding down the aisle, controlling the aisle. And I have a nice couple who sits next to me who's like big University of Kentucky fan. So had a nice conversation with them about that. Um, the lady's husband broke the news to me that shade and sharp was not even going to be playing in the summer league. Cause he had injured himself in the game before. So I knew that before I got there, I was like, Oh, that sucks. But we get to Vegas at one forty, maybe one fifty. I don't know. Something like that. So then, you know, I go take my little picture. Welcome to Vegas. Post that on Facebook. Let everybody know I'm out here. And then I, uh, called the hotel for the shuttle to the hotel. Cause there's a free shuttle from the airport to the hotel. Cause my hotel, was by the airport, which I was trying to actually change the hotel because I was trying to get on the strip because I moved to the strip Sunday, but I was trying to do the strip the whole time. But because this hotel was by the airport, it ended up working out better because it was literally right across the street from the UNLV campus, which I didn't realize is where the summer league games were held. So I was able to walk there to the games. But anyways, I called the shuttle. The lady at the hotel is like, I'll be right there. I'm thinking she's going to like send somebody to come pick me up. But no, it was actually the front desk lady who had to come pick me up. So I'm like, who's watching the front desk? It was a kind of funny situation, but she was real cool. I tipped her. I tipped everybody in Vegas, too. That's the thing, bro. I was giving out fives like it was nothing. So I think she got a five. 
All the Uber drivers were getting the fives, the maid service. I was tipping like, you can't tell me I'm not helping the economy. But anyways, but when I get to the hotel, I check in. She let me check in early, get my room, because normally you can't check in until like 3 or 4. And I think it's like 2 o'clock at this point. So after I check in, I walk across the street. All right, I'm like, all right, I'll catch at least the second half of the Magic game. Like, it's not a complete wash. So I get there at halftime, watch the second half. The game is, like, incredible. It's the Magic versus the Kings. So you had Paolo Bancaro versus Keegan Murray, and they had a nice duel going on. And the Magic almost blew the game, but what happened was the Kings were down by, like, six with, like, 30 seconds left, and they hit two threes to send it into overtime with Murray hitting the final three to send it to overtime. So the crowd was really into it. Great atmosphere. It was at the UNLV arena. They have, like, two arenas next to each other. So this is like the bigger one where they play now, and I guess the smaller one is where they used to play. The Blazers games were always at the bigger arenas, which was good. But you can walk back and forth to each arena, and then when you go in there, it's like having a day pass. Um, You can go to all the games that are during the day for Summer League, and then you can get your hand stamped if you want to come back later, which is what I ended up doing. After the Magic and Kings game, which is the Magic won in overtime, I tried to go watch the Heat in the small arena, but it was just too much like traffic trying to get in there. I was like, I'm out. I'm going to find some food, and I'm going to go chill at the hotel. Because it was the Magic game was over by like 3, 3.30, and the Blazers didn't play till 7, which I don't even think it ended up being till like 8, because that Magic game went so long, it pushed everything back. So I ended up walking from the UNLV campus, which... <laughs> Vegas is hot, man. It's it's hot, but it's a dry heat. So it's like 110 degrees, but you're not sweating, but it's, you know you're hot. You're like about to pass out. So I, I walk. I don't even think I had water on me at this point, but I walk to f- try to find some food. You know me. I'm the Yelp king. I upgraded my phone plan for this trip, so I had unlimited minutes and data and all that, so I was able to like Yelp a lot. So I found a nice Hawaiian restaurant, probably like a half a mile from the arena. Walked to that. Had some lao lao with Kahlua pork. It's a Hawaiian dishes over some white rice and a little like Hawaiian juice. Sat at the restaurant, ate, you know, kind of rejuvenated myself, get myself back, get some energy back in me. Because then I had to walk another like half mile to the hotel. Everything in Vegas was like at least a half mile walk. That's another thing. I got so much exercise in on this trip. Like, there was days I was walking 20,000, 25,000 steps. Like, I think I did 25,000 steps each time. Like, clap it up for me. But I eat the Hawaiian food. I walk back to the hotel, and I'm like, you know, I'm just going to chill here, watch the games on TV. And then when it's like halftime of OKC's game, I'll start making my way back over to the arena for the Blazers game. So first day, it's like, it's a real chill day. Go back to the arena around like 7.30, make it, you know, for like the end of the OKC game, which a lot of people were there to see Chet. Chet was probably the biggest draw at Summer League because those OKC games always had a lot of fans. But that day went so long, like I told you with the Magic pushing everything back, by the time the Blazers played, like the arena was damn near empty. So I got me like a really good seat for that game. I moved to a super close. I actually moved around quite a bit during that game, just checking out different angles of the arena and seeing what was the best viewing spot when I watched the magic game I was like upper level but I was lower level for the Blazers and then we played the New Orleans Pelicans that day ended up winning after being down by like 15 in the first 
They came back and won. So I was like, all right, this made it all worth it. Like this whole flight out here and missing my flight, everything was worth it because the Blazers won. Made it back to my hotel, just chilled out the rest of the night, went to sleep. And then I woke up Sunday, and that's when I um I had to check out of that hotel because I was moving to the strip. As I told you, I was by the airport this time, which is all kind of close together, but it's not like walking distance to the strip from where I was at. The strip is probably like a good three miles, maybe two or three miles. But I finally moved to the strip. I had to take an Uber, which is another thing. I had to download Uber. I didn't even I've never had Uber on my phone. So this is my first time using Uber. And man, that stuff's expensive. Like just to go from like the hotel to the other hotel was like 15 bucks. And then, you know, I feel bad. So I'm tipping the Uber driver five. So it's like 20 bucks. So he takes me there. Um, They let me check in early at this hotel, too. But the room is like not as nice as the room i had at the airport and the bed is like the hardest bed i've ever had like it felt like a wrestling ring bro i felt like i was on cardboard it was no give on this bed but i was like, i'll get back to that later i need to find coffee in the meantime because it was like maybe one o'clock and i had a tour scheduled for the oakland raiders football stadium at 4 p.m so i go search for coffee i find my coffee off of yelp nice spot called earth too u-r-t-h if you're ever in vegas Really good coffee. I gave them an 8 out of 10. Hot chocolate in there, everything. Got some energy for the rest of the day. Went back, chilled at the hotel. And then um, I Ubered to the Raiders Stadium because everybody was like, you can't walk there so far, blah, blah, blah. Which it was like probably a couple miles. So I Ubered there and then take pictures outside, go inside. And it's just an incredible, incredible stadium. Like I've taken a tour of the Dallas Cowboys Stadium that's probably the just the most impressive looking stadium because it's just gigantic. It seats like a hundred thousand. I think this one only seated like sixty five thousand, and their parking is very small. This Oakland one, I heard it was like only twenty five hundred parking spots for a sixty five thousand seat stadium, and it doesn't look like they have a lot of parking. Um, it's close to the strip too, so it's not like they didn't have a lot of room around to build. So maybe that's not why there's not a lot of parking. But the inside of the stadium is just beautiful, man. Like, you go in, you go up the little escalator. We met on the, the terrace level, I guess. Took the tour. It's a 70-minute tour. They take you all over the stadium. I'm talking about the locker rooms, the press room, the cheerleaders' locker rooms, the owner's suite, which the owner's suite I was not very impressed by. thought Mark Davis would have had a better situation. But, I mean, he had some white couches in there and some other stuff. But it just was a regular suite to me. And then they finally take you on the field at the end. And that's where I got all my little nice field pictures and um, stood on the logo, took a, a picture there in the middle of the field. And uh, one interesting thing about that tour, like we were on the field, it was like AstroTurf, like the fake grass that looks like grass. They said that's not even the grass they use for the games. They're like, oh, the grass we actually use is like outside. Like we just use this for the tours. Like y'all ain't about to step on the regular grass. So outside, they have like regular real grass that rolls out and gets sun during the week. And I guess they roll it in afterwards, you know, to keep it cool, not burning, which is a pretty cool idea. And then they, they play on that on the weekends. And I guess they put this fake grass down for the tours. But I wasn't mad at it. Like we did that. And then um, I paid like 80 bucks for this tours, which means at the end you got like a free beer and you were able to just stay and chill as long as you wanted. So that was dope. Just Hung out, talked to people, met some cool people um, during that tour. And, yeah, I had a good time. And after that, when I went outside around the stadium to look at the real grass and take pictures of that. And I just started walking. 
And I, I didn't really have a game plan. I didn't know how far I was going to walk. But I was like, I feel good. And this is one thing about this trip. I packed the right shoes. I was kind of stressing it because these Pumas I had packed, I had never used for a lot of walking. So I didn't know how they would hold up. But these Pumas held up incredibly, incredibly well. So I just started walking in the direction of my hotel. I didn't know if I'd make it there or not because it's a long walk. But um, I started walking inside some of the hotels. The, the Elixir, I think, was one. Um, saw the MGM, you know, just sightseeing on the way back. And when I did that, that's when I started taking pictures and seeing more of the strip because I hadn't seen the strip up until this point. So I'm walking back. I'm at the southern part of the strip. I'm more in the middle part of the strip because if you don't know, the Las Vegas strip is four miles long. So I was kind of in the middle of the strip. So on the way back, I'm just, you know, stopping, taking pictures of everything. And then, um, I get to my hotel. Actually, no, before I get to the hotel, I'm trying to figure out what I want to eat. I think I had my mindset on In-N-Out Burger for that night. So I find the In-N-Out, which is actually right by the hotel. And then there was this other place with these fries that were incredible. These fries had like uh, rib, pieces of ribs on it with truffle. And uh, so good with the In-N-Out Burger. I don't eat a lot of red meat, but, you know, I was on vacation. And I was like, I'm going to eat red meat today because I have like three more days in Vegas. So... If it causes some problems in my stomach, at least I'm still here for a little bit. So I did that. Pretty chill day on that Sunday. Went back, went to sleep. I was going to bed by like 12 o'clock every night too. Like I was not out late. I wasn't partying. Um, I saw the MGM too when I was walking by. And then they have like a fake look in New York where it's like all the buildings, like a New York um, Statue of Liberty, Empire State Building. And it just looks like a, Fake little New York. Like, they, they have a lot of that in Vegas. Like, they had a fake Paris outside with a fake Eiffel Tower. It was just real cool, like, the way they have this whole strip set up. I used to think Vegas was, like, the um, international drive that we have here in Orlando. And then I got to take that back. It's, like, international drive times a 1,000. It's not even close. Vegas is its own thing. Like, quick story. Like, when I'm walking out of my hotel, the lady, there was these, like, ladies dressed in, like, thongs and I guess bras, like very scantily clad. And they're like, oh, can we take a picture with you? And I'm just over here like, oh, they recognize greatness. Okay, come on. Get a picture of me. You probably, you listen to Keeping It Real with Jared Lawrence? All right, come on. And then um, as uh, they're about to take the picture, they're like, yeah, it's going to cost. And I'm like, oh, y'all are going to pay me to take a picture? And I'm like, no, no, you got to pay us. I was like, oh, whoa, 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 hold up. I was like, oh, no, bro beloved, I'm broke. <laughs> and then I walked away. But that's the type of stuff they have in Vegas. It's like kind of like New York has the naked cowboy. They have all these like half naked women who just stand out there and try to get you to take pictures with them. And they want to charge you for it. I, I knew the game after that. So after that, I was just walking with my headphones on for most of the time. And nobody bothered me. Except some guy who was like trying to charge me to take a card with a QR code for his podcast to support the podcast. And I'm like, bro, I do a podcast. Like. <laughs> You shouldn't even be charging, bro. It don't cost like you don't you don't have to pay that much to record a podcast. I doubt you're even no. So, whatever. Monday, I went and got coffee in the morning because that was like my new thing. After I got coffee Sunday, it was like okay, now I'm just gonna try different coffee places and discover good coffee. Somebody told me to go to Illy, a place called Illy. I went to Illy. Illy was ill. It wasn't good. <laughs> I gave it a four out of ten. The pastry I got wasn't good either. 
But uh, Monday was more of a relaxed day. Joe Fernandez, shout out to him. He's been on my podcast back in the day. Lives in Vegas now. He said he was going to pick me up at like three. We were going to go watch the Blazers play the Knicks that night because he's a Knicks fan. I'm a Blazers fan. And then the Magic were playing before that. So we were going to catch both of the games. I think the Magic were playing Oklahoma City that night. Yeah, it was OKC and the Magic, then the Blazers Knicks. So he picks me up after I get my coffee and I just chill at the hotel for a while. He picks me up and then we go to, um, he takes me to the northern part of Vegas, like downtown Las Vegas, I guess is what it's called. This is like where the locals hang out. This is the um, the old Vegas, I guess, where it used to be popping. But now it's more for the locals. But it still looked popping to me. So he takes me there. We walk around with the drinks, of course, because in Vegas, you can walk around with a drink anywhere. It's, I don't know what these rules are, what the laws are over there, but you can have a cup of beer or liquor or whatever you want. And you can just walk on the sidewalk like it's nothing. And then there's no cutoff time for alcohol sales. So you can buy beer 24 hours a day. You can buy liquor 24 hours a day. There was a Fat Tuesdays literally right next to my hotel because, you know, I was posted at the Best Western using my points. Shout out to me. Um, but I was on the strip. So he takes me to the old Vegas. We walk around. We do some sightseeing there. He's showing me all the cool spots. And then our other boy, Sasan, who's from Orlando, too, meets up with us as we're leaving there. He's like, yeah, I'm going to the game with y'all, too. We didn't even realize he was coming, but he ended up buying a ticket, I think, that day. So we're like, all right, let's go get something to eat before we go to the game. And then Sasan's like, you want to go try this Shaq's Big Chicken? At first, I'm like, no, I don't want to try Shaq's Big Chicken. Pause. <laughs> and then after I thought about it, I'm like, you know what? I do kind of want to try it because I've always heard about it. So I want to see what it's about. So we go to Shaq's Big Chicken. We find one pretty close to the arena. And I got to give it to Shaq. Like, the Shaq's Big Chicken is actually a really good chicken sandwich. It doesn't taste like Chick-fil-A. Like, they use a different type of seasoning. Aesthetically, it looks different. But it was really good. So I had a chicken sandwich with macaroni and cheese on it. It was really good with fries. Oh, my God. I'm not going to call it top five dead or alive chicken sandwiches because, I mean, let's not get ahead of ourselves. But it was good. It was really good. So after we eat there and have a couple drinks, actually, they had beer. I didn't even drink beer because I was like, I'm going to get beer at the game. We go to the game, go to the arena, and we watch the end of the Magic game. And then we move up. Shout out to my boy, Sasan, because this guy just does not. Like, he has no fear in him. He got literally as close as we could get for this for the Blazers-Knicks game. Like, we were probably fourth row. Like, so close, I could hear them talking on the bench and the coach talking to them. And when our friends back home were watching the game on TV, they saw us sitting there, and they took a picture of their TVs with us <laughs> in the crowd. It was cool, man. It was really cool just to be on TV and people seeing us at the game. Um Dope experience. The Blazers, once again, were down in the beginning by like 15. Came back and beat the Knicks 88 to 77. So another good game for me. Got to watch it with my guys. So it was a great experience. And then after that, um, Joe takes me back to the hotel, drops me off. And I think, did I go get food after that? I think I did. Yeah, I think I went to, what is that place called that we have? The, the Chinese food spot? Um, not P.F. Chang. Oh, the Panda. I go to Panda Express because I was like still hungry. Probably not a great idea, but I did it. So then the next day is um Tuesday. So this is like I have Tuesday and Wednesday really as my days to do sightseeing before I leave Vegas for Texas. 
So I said, all right, let's start doing some sightseeing. I bought a pass for the monorail because I knew Vegas had a monorail. So I was like, I'll use that to get around. It was not as convenient as I thought it would be. Like you have to walk almost a mile, maybe a half a mile just to get to the monorail station. And then once you get off the monorail, you're usually walking like another half mile to a mile to wherever you're going. So I'm like, if I wasn't such a train lover, I probably wouldn't even did this. But because I love trains, I bought like a day pass and I went all the way to like the convention center, which was like the northern part of the strip to go to a place called Bagel Mania. Because um, on Facebook, once I said I was in Vegas, you know, everybody started giving me ideas like, oh, you got to go to this place. Oh, you got to go here. So I said, all right, I'm going to try to go to some of y'all spots. I ain't going to go to all of them. But the stuff that looks interesting that passes like the eye test on Yelp, I'll go to. So Bagel Mania looked interesting. So I went there and it was really good. Like the bagel, it was, um, I don't even know the type of bagel it was. He told me it was like a half bagel, half muffin situation. I don't know. But it had um, turkey bacon, no, turkey sausage, egg whites, regular egg, onions, hash browns, and avocado. And when I tell you this was one of the best, like, bagel sandwiches i've ever had oh my god so good i probably would have went back another day but that was a long walk just to get there the coffee shorter to dash the coffee was terrible the coffee was probably about a four maybe a three or four out of ten not worth it for the coffee so i think once i got back to the hotel i had to find like my own coffee and then on my way back to the hotel i saw this thing called the vegas loop and i'm like what the heck is this so i take the escalator down and it's like a tunnel like a subway looking station, but it's for cars. And they're like, oh, this is like something where you're going to be able to like take cars underground all around Vegas. It's Elon Musk's thing. So I'm like, oh, I never even heard of this, but I'm like, I wanted to ride it, but the guy said I couldn't do it from there. I had to go to like the other station to do it. And I guess the other station was by the mall. So I was like, all right, whatever. So I took the monorail back to the hotel, chilled out for a little bit and then went and found, uh, lunch or no i think i just went and did more sightseeing yeah i think going back to like that new york area because i'm looking at pictures now as i try to explain like my day-to-day stuff so i just did more sightseeing then and then at night i went and got uh these lobster rolls that i heard were really good because i was asking a lot of local people like what they recommend so they told me the lobster rolls were good from this place called uh what was it mr lobster or something i don't know but i had a lobster roll crab roll and a shrimp roll it was like a trio, really good meal. And then that was pretty much the highlight of that night on Tuesday. Then Wednesday was a little bit more eventful. Wednesday went and got some more coffee in the morning, found a place called Bouchon Bakery, which was highly recommended on Yelp. This was probably my best coffee experience. I said it was an eight, but I'm, I'm upgrading it now. I'm calling them an 8.5. Just a really good coffee experience. Walked around a little bit more, did some more sightseeing. Oh, I was trying to find a cinnamon roll that I had found on Yelp too. So I was walking to get my cinnamon roll and I walked past um, this hotel. What is this? The Venetian? No, that's not. I think it was the, no, that's not the Palazzo. There's so many like fancy hotels. Like I don't even, oh, Caesar's Palace. No, that's not Caesar's Palace. I don't know. I walked past all these fancy hotels, but this one cool one I walked by had a nice water show. I took some pictures there, but I don't even remember what the hotel was. And I finally went and got my cinnamon roll from um, inside another fancy hotel. And this was like one. This was might be the best cinnamon roll I ever had. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I think it was cream cheese too, but it was so good that I just let that slide. If you know me, I don't even like cream cheese like that. But I did so much like exploring on this final day. 
I even went all the way to the northern part of the strip on the monorail again. Went to look at the hotel that I almost stayed at called the Strat. And once I saw it was 7,000 points a night, I knew something was up. And then when I saw where it was, it was just so far from everything. So I'm glad I didn't stay at the Strat. I actually stayed at a better located Best Western. But after, after I went to the Strat, I ended up going back to that loop where the guy told me at the mall where I could ride the, the Tesla underground. So I did that. It was like $3 round trip. And they take you in this like tunnel. Kind of like a subway tunnel, like I was saying. And you're in a car with like a Tesla driver. I had a nice video of that. And they took me to the convention center and back. I couldn't even get out at the convention center. Because I was like, can I just get off here and get on the monorail? And they were like, oh, no, you got to go back. Whatever. So I ended up getting back on the monorail, take it all the way to the end. And at this point, the only thing left that I really want to do is I'm like, I want to go see the Las Vegas sign, the welcome to fabulous Las Vegas sign. I didn't realize how far it was. It's like really far south of the strip. So I'm like, all right, I don't think I have the energy in me to walk anymore because I've been walking all day. So I call another Uber, another $15 plus tip, $20. Do that, make it to the fabulous Las Vegas sign. And it's actually kind of cool when you go to the sign because I'm by myself. So I'm like, damn, I'm going to have to ask somebody to take my picture, which, you know, I hate having to always ask somebody. But there's like a guy who works there who just takes your picture for you. I guess that's his job just to sit there and keep the line moving right and take everybody's pictures. So this guy was super cool. I probably should have tipped him. Feel bad now because I didn't tip him. But he took my picture, took multiple pictures. and even tells you poses to do like, ah, this is very professional of him. Then after that, I walk, I try to walk back. I walk to the Mandalay Bay, which if you don't know, that's the hotel where they had the Las Vegas shooting. So I was there and I was like looking to see where that, where that shooting was. I guess it was across the street when they, when the guy killed like 50 people or something, so something bad like that. And, um, as I'm in the Mandalay Bay, I run into like a couple of Blazers personnel people had a nice conversation with them. They were pretty cool people, but I didn't see any players. That was kind of sad. And then uh, I take a monorail back from Mandalay Bay all the way to where um, MGM Grand is. And I catch the regular monorail back to my hotel. Once again, <laughs> got to recharge, rejuvenate, get some more water in me because it's hot as hell. And at this point, I'm thinking of dinner, but I'm like, you know what? I forgot. I do have one more thing I want to do. And I'm like, I got to go to the place where Tupac was shot at. So I Google where he was shot. I found the street. I think it's Flamingo and in Kovar or something like that. So I end up walking. Yeah, I think I walked the whole way. I walked to the block where Tupac was shot, the very corner, and just try to, in my head, reenact the the moment, the situation, like what happened, like just imagining, wow, this is like how he died. Well, he died days later, but this is how he was shot. So for me, I was listening to his music on the way there and everything, just, you know, giving my proper respects and all that. Then I found this dope like Mediterranean restaurant with the uh, beef and lamb over rice with the vegetables and the salad. It was so good. That was one of my favorite meals in Vegas. And that was pretty much my night. I went back to the hotel, just hung out and relaxed and then had to wake up early the next morning to fly to San Antonio. A couple of just observations on the Vegas trip, though. I didn't really turn up on this trip. This was more of a me time, me trip. It was just about like going and enjoying myself, relaxing, having peace. And I think I accomplished all that. I probably will go back to Vegas at some point, but it would probably just be with a group of friends. I don't think I would go back to Vegas 
solo again just because I was able to do everything I want to do solo. So the next time I probably would go with a group and just enjoy that. Maybe more turning up pool parties, nightclubs. But when you're by yourself, you're just not in the mood to do all that. So this was kind of a boring, nerdy trip, but it was all the stuff I wanted to do and I really enjoyed it. So I would recommend if you travel, always try to do a trip by yourself where you're able to do the things you want to do. And then you have your trips with your friends too. But for me, I knew when I was going to Texas that I was going to meet with my friends. So I was like, all right, I'm not really stressed to like party in Vegas because I know I'm fitting to party in Texas. So I catch, I wake up the next morning, catch my flight to San Antonio with a stop in San Diego. We get to San Antonio around four o'clock maybe. And then I rented a car in San Antonio because I'm like, you know what? I got to be able to move around this city comfortably. I know I'm be at an Airbnb with my friends, but I got to be comfortable. I got to be able to go as I please. And I want to go to Austin and just check out Austin and see Austin. I've never been to Austin. I've heard so much about it. So I rented a car and I ended up going to Austin for a night, spent the night in Austin. And then um, people were like, oh, you got to go out in Austin. And I was like, you know what? Let me just see what the Austin nightlife is about. I wasn't really pressed to go out in Austin, but I was like, I'll go see because I have a car now. A little more freedom. So everybody's like, 6th Street is the spot in Austin and uh, Rainy Street. Those are the two areas. But they said 6th Street is more of their, like, college kids. So I was like, all right, let me go check 6th Street out first just to see what it is, and then I'll go to Rainy. So I go to 6th, walk around. Literally, I'm like, this is like downtown Orlando. It feels like Orange Ave. It's just a big, big big-ass street that's blocked off at night where you can walk in the street. Um, they had voodoo donuts there. I, I didn't go to the voodoo donuts, but it was just a lot of college bars, a lot of college bars, a lot of college life. And I didn't go in any of these spots just cause I'm like, I'm too old for this shit. I'm not about to be around all these young ass kids. I'm going to go see what, uh, rainy's hitting for. Cause rainy seems more of my spot. So I went to rainy street. You could walk from sixth street to rainy too. It wasn't like super bad. So I walked over to rainy and Rainey's probably a little bit more older than um, six. Probably still not as old as I am. I'm 39. So Rainy Street was a little bit better than what Sixth Street was. I found a spot called uh, the Clive that I went to. And it was like one of those bar slash club type spots. Dance floor, DJ. But not like you got to be super dressed up. So I got I went in there. I had a couple beers. Just vibed out by myself. I met. I had conversations with like a couple of random people. Like these dudes were talking to me for a little bit. And then uh, there was a, a woman with her friends for her bachelorette party. And I was talking to her and her friends, you know, just having conversations. Cause that's one thing about me. Like no matter where I'm at, I'm social. So I can go out and have a conversation with anybody. So after hanging out there for like an hour, I'm like, I'm done. I'm going back to the hotel. So I go back to my hotel, go to sleep, wake up in the morning, eat breakfast at the hotel. And then, um, one of my friends that I've been friends with, like on Twitter and Instagram for like 10 years was, I knew she lived in Austin. So I was always, I was like, Hey, I'm going to be in Austin. Let me know if you want to meet up for like drinks, lunch, whatever. And then she was like, Oh, cool, cool. So she hit me up before I left and she was like, Hey, yeah, let's meet up at this spot for drinks and lunch at noon. So I ended up meeting up with her there. And it was a really cool time just meeting her. Her name's Ayana. Shout out to her. Very cool person. Good vibes. Good energy. 
So yeah, we hung out, talked, caught up on a lot of stuff, just good conversation, had a couple beers. Um, this is oh, this was kind of a rough, rough time for me though, because as I'm sitting there talking to her and I'm eating my salad, I bite into the salad, but I, I my teeth hit the fork wrong. I don't know, I guess I didn't angle it right, or I just didn't I didn't know, like I didn't have the proper timing on it. And my crown, I chipped my crown on this damn fork. I've had this crown for 18 years. I chip it. I'm like, oh, my God. And I hear a crunch, and I'm like, oh, that's not good. So I get up, and I go look in the mirror, and I'm like, oh, fuck. I chipped it. It wasn't super bad. We were like, it's super noticeable. But for me, I'm just very, like, anal about that stuff. So I was kind of like, it kind of upset me for the rest of the day. I was just like, oh, man, I can't believe I did this. I bite so damn hard on this fork. And it was a weird shaped fork, too. It was like a flat fork, so it didn't have that, like, dip in it that most forks have. And I think that might have threw me off, but it's still my fault. I'm going to blame myself because, you know what? I'm the one who bit. But after lunch with Ayana, I go and I try to you know, find this light rail so I could ride the light rail around because I'm a train nerd. And I know Austin has a light rail. So I drive all the way to, like, the northern part of the city to get on this light rail, get to the station, and then I find out the light rail's not even running that day because they're doing maintenance. And one thing about Austin, their traffic is horrendous. So I'm like, damn, I got to get back to San Antonio, which is like an hour, hour and a half drive. But with this traffic, probably going to be like three hours. So I'm like, I guess I'm going to have to just get on this toll road in this rental car, which doesn't even accept my um, e-pass. So I end up getting on this toll road and I drive the whole way pretty much to San Antonio on this toll road. And what I didn't realize until like maybe 10 miles in on this toll road is the speed limit is 85 miles an hour. So I'm looking at the speed limit because I'm going like 70 most of the way. And I see 85 and I'm like, oh, oh, y'all, y'all ready to turn up. So I kick it up, you know, at that point, I'm a 90, 95 the rest of the way. But and that was just the coolest thing to me because I've never been on a highway that fast. And I, I mean, it wasn't a super busy highway, so I don't know how good that would work in a major city. But on that road, it, it worked because it wasn't a lot of traffic. I did have to get some people out to paint who were going slow in the left lane, getting around them. But I I like the fast speed limit. Like, I wasn't intimidated by it. I loved it. But I don't think it would work in a big city. But when you're in a country like that, it, it was a pretty good idea for that. So I took that back to San Antonio. And then I get to the Airbnb where I'm meeting with, like, my whole group of friends for Josh's birthday. So, you know, Josh, Larry, Damien. His girlfriend, Sarah, Zane, his wife, Keisha, who didn't, they didn't stay at our hotel. They just met up with us and hung out with us. They had their own spot because Zane's bougie. Um, Janine and Chris were there. Our friend Reggie ended up coming. Um, Josh's girlfriend, Priscilla, and then their kids were there, and his mom was there. And uh, Lamarius, yeah. So it was a pretty big group we had, and we all met up at the Airbnb. I got there probably around... Uh, six o'clock maybe in the evening so then we go we went to uh the grocery store get up get the stuff we need you know to hold us down for a few days and then after that i'm trying to find food so i go to a vietnamese spot because i'm yelp king i found a nice vietnamese spot that has a banh mi i think that's what these sandwiches are called <laughs> so i got me a nice banh mi sandwich it was actually a brisket banh mi which is not even real like vietnamese style there's usually pork but the banh mi the brisket woof, hitting. And I feel like everywhere in Texas had brisket. 
And they had this Vietnamese iced coffee that I was introduced to. That was amazing. Like, I've never had Vietnamese iced coffee before. This thing gave me the energy I need. I need to try Vietnamese iced coffee more often because that was really good. After that, we ended up going out in that same area where actually where I went to the Vietnamese spot. We went out there at night. It was the St. Mary's area, and that's supposedly like the, you know, the hip, older crowd area. So hit up a couple clubs over there. We danced a little bit. <laughs> actually, the second club we went to, the outside area was like dirt. So I'm like dancing in the dirt, me and Larry. And our shoes are so dirty. Like it was, and I was dressed nice that night, but my shoes were looking a mess. So I had to wipe those down the next day, get them right. But yeah, I didn't really meet any women. Like I talked to a couple women that night, but nobody was really trying to, you know, nobody was really feeling me out there. So just casual conversation. Nice night. And then after that, we go back to the house and we end up staying up late talking. Like everybody's just talking and chilling for a while. Good times though. Good times with my friends. In the morning, I go and find breakfast tacos because that was like my goal in Texas. I'm like, I got to get the breakfast tacos. We don't really have that in Orlando. So I found a really dope local spot that they barely spoke any English, but I got my breakfast tacos in there. They were super cool, though. Uh, they were very patient with us because they could tell probably we weren't from there. Got got uh, chorizo and potato uh, breakfast taco. Got... um. What was the other one I had? Carne asada. Um, I had a few other ones, though. Some really, really good breakfast tacos from there. And then I got coffee again. This coffee was okay. It was okay. It took, a, it took them forever to give us the coffee at this spot, too. But this coffee was probably only like a, I think I gave them a 6 out of 10. They were all right. But the breakfast tacos were so good. And after that, I was like, I got to do some sightseeing. I got to see the Alamo Dome, not the Alamo. I got to see the Alamo Dome and the AT&T, I guess, arena where the Spurs play now. So I had the car. You know, I drove over there. Uh, I had Damian, Sarah, and Reggie with me this time. And we did sightseeing there. Saw both arenas. And after that, we met up with Larry and everybody at the Riverwalk. And then we um, ended up getting on the boat, the little Riverwalk boat, because you could take these boat tours that go through the river walk and you see like all the little cool spots out there. It's like a little 30 minute tour, but I actually recommend that it was a really good tour for 13, $14 and just nice relaxing time. After the tour, we took some pictures, group pictures. They went and got their tacos from a spot, but you know me, I wanted to get tacos from a different spot. So I ended up going to some spot that was like out there a little bit, but Good reviews on it. So I said, I'm going to where, you know, Yelp tells me. And in this spot, they had lamb tacos. But these are Bedia, Bedia tacos. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Bedia, Bedia. <laughs> you dip it in like the little sauce. So we got those. And those were really good too. And then after that, it was just time to get ready to go out um, for the night. So we ended up going to some club that I forgot the name of. But it was in the downtown San Antonio. And then... The club was pretty cool, like good music. Everybody's vibing, dancing, drinking. Then we go upstairs because we thought it was VIP, but it's just Howl at the Moon. <laughs> Shout out to Zane for that one. And then we're like, all right, we're going back to the club. So then we go back downstairs to the club. And this club has this water, like, fountain. They have the big jug of water just sitting there for when you want water. I love when the clubs have that because I don't have to bug the bartenders for water. So I go to the little thing, get my water because I'm drinking um, – I'm drinking Pacifico beers that night. 
So I get my water. And then as I'm getting my water, I see uh, a woman who appears to be white talking to another dude. And then there's two other women in their group. But she's talking in Spanish. So I'm like, oh, she's maybe she's Spanish, but she looks white. So I'm already intrigued. I'm like, oh, let's see what's going on here. So as I'm getting the water, I don't know how, but I start a conversation with her. I think I was like, hey, you probably need to get some water too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Try to make sure everybody's hydrated. But we ended up like talking like the whole night and having a really good conversation about different things. And you know me, I'll get your life story in the conversation. And she ends up being like super cool. So I just stay by her the rest of the night. She ended up buying me like a couple beers too. So like just really cool person. I bought her drink and then, you know, just vibing, dancing a little bit. Not like super crazy dancing the whole night, but here and there picking my spots. You know, I'm not a super aggressive guy in the club, but when it's time, you know, I try a little bit. But I think the conversation was good, was so good that I like established the base. So to me, it wasn't about like, oh, I got to try to dance with her to, to make myself feel complete. I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm good with the convo. I know I'm getting in there because of the conversation. So at the end of the night, um, Larry was actually dancing with the two other friends that she was with. And then the dude that she was talking to that I thought was her man originally was gay. So I was like, oh. Ain't really much people in my way, except the gay dude did co keep coming by, like, touching up on her. Be like, oh, I can do this, and you can't. And I'm like, all right, all right, bro, fall back. <laughs> let me let me talk a little bit, like, but whatever. So after the club, we end up leaving, and I'm like, oh, let me walk you back to your hotel. And I snuck a Pacifico with me because I didn't finish it yet. And I'm like, I'm not wasting this. I put it in my pocket, walked out of the club. So I'm like, oh, let me walk back to your hotel. And I don't know what happened with Larry, but I guess Larry – some other dude started dancing with the girl he was dancing with. So then that dude's like in the group with us walking these girls back to the hotel. So it's me. I'm the only person in my crew with them. So it's just me and then them and then the, his, the other guy and his friends. So we're walking them back. Um, and then as the other guy's going to say goodbye to one of the girls, he kisses her goodbye. Good night. No, that's normal. I didn't think anything of it. But as he kisses her good night, he turns around and kisses the other woman too, her friend. Not the one I'm with, but her friend. And I'm like, oh. And then me and me and the woman I'm with are looking at each other like, I don't is that supposed to happen? Or maybe they just swing like that. I don't know. But after that happens, he walks away. And then the other the two women start arguing with each other. And it's all in Spanish, so I don't really know what's going on. So I'm asking the girl that I'm with, who I thought was Spanish, but she's actually white, who just speaks Spanish because she was raised in Mexico. And she's telling me, like, oh, yeah, the girl's mad that she kissed her guy. And I'm like, oh, I mean, I'd be mad, too. I understand. So they just start arguing this whole time. But while they're arguing, I'm kind of like, you know, trying to <laughs> trying to make my little moves over here, too. Like, hey, that could that could be us, too. You know what I'm saying? That little kiss could have been us, too. <laughs> so... We actually start making out at that point. I'm like, oh, good. You know what I'm saying? I'm in there. So we're making out. We're kissing. And then, then we start making our way back to the hotel. We're walking back. And then we get to the hotel. And we walk inside. And I'm going to say my goodbyes. You know, it's like an extended goodbye. But these girls are still arguing with each other. So we walk in the lobby. And then they're like, all right, hold on. We're gonna go, we got to go to the bathroom real quick. So they go to the bathroom downstairs, the three of them. So it's just me and the other guy, the gay guy. And we're just waiting for them. And we hear them yelling and arguing in the hotel. And then we have to like, they're in there for like 10, 15 minutes. And I think at this point, Larry texts me. He's like, yo, where you at? Like, 
y'all coming to Whataburger? And I'm like, what What do you mean, Whataburger, bro? What, what's, what's, what is going on Whataburger? He's like, yeah, them girls said we were going to meet us at Whataburger. I'm like, oh, really? All right, let me ask then. I ask when they come out. So we finally get like one of the hotel cashier or clerks, whatever, to go get them out the bathroom. So they come out. And then I'm like asking the girl I know, like, hey, my boy Larry said something about they were supposed to meet him at Whataburger. And then she asked them. And they're like, oh, yeah, Larry, Larry. Yeah, let's go to Whataburger. So I'm like, all right, I guess we're going to go to Whataburger. Let's just see what happens. So we start walking outside to go to the Whataburger. And as soon as we walk out, actually, no, we didn't go to, we weren't going to Whataburger. We walked outside and I tell Larry, I said, just come meet us at this hotel. So I tell him where we're at. He says, all right, I'll be over there. So then we walk outside, but I don't remember what we walked outside for. But as we walk outside, this car pulls up and he's like, two white guys hop out. And they got these fucking like hoverboards, like not the back to the future shit, but like the ones that everybody used to skate on like a, a couple years ago. The automatic ones where you just stand on them and you like lean forward and it goes like they have those. So they're like riding around. I was like, oh, look at those. And then they're starting to like flirt with the two girls. Now, at this point, I'm not worried about like the woman I'm with because I'm like, I, my conversation has been so good the whole night. Like them, them hoverboards ain't going to be enough to pull it away from me. But I'm getting a little concerned about Larry's woman. Because Larry's not there and they got hoverboards. Then they're talking about, oh, we got weed and beer too. Y'all want beer? I'm like, what the fuck is going on right now? So the girls start getting on the hoverboards. And I can tell they're getting intrigued by the hoverboards. And they're riding around and they're falling and busting their ass. And I'm just like, oh, boy. I'm like, this is going to be an uphill battle for Larry. He might lose it. So they go like in between the alley. And I don't know what the hell's going on between the alley at this point. Then Larry finally shows up. But it's too late. The dudes with the hoverboards got the girls... And they're talking like in the alleyway. And I guess they maybe they're smoking the weed and drinking the beer. I don't know. I'm chilling. But Larry goes over there, I guess, trying to see if he can rectify the situation. And it was just too late, man. Like, you can't compete with a hoverboard weed and beer. So he's just like at that point, like ready to go. And I'm like, all right, man. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I don't think nothing's really going to happen with me and the woman I'm with just because she's in the hotel with them. And it's just, you know. It's probably one of those just enjoy the moment for what it is. I, I didn't have a lot of expectations. I, I was cool with just the kissing. Like I hadn't dated anybody or done anything like a year anyway. So for me, it was just good to get my feet wet. So Larry's like, all right, let's go. So I'm like, all right, man. All right. Hold, give me a few. Give me a few minutes to say goodbye. Like, Let me get a few more kisses in here before I leave. So I go say my goodbyes. You know, I got her number, Instagram. You know, we're going to stay in touch. Then we go back to the house meet up with everybody and we recap like the whole night of what happened and it was just the funniest story to me how it all played out the whole hoverboard situation like it was just hilarious to me so that's pretty much the end of that night then the next day i go looking for coffee again couldn't really find good coffee i don't even know did i have coffee that day i don't even know if i had coffee that day but i did end up going to kalashi factory and getting some kalashis so that was cool then i went to zane's uh hotel because Bougie Zane was downtown at like the nicest hotel ever with like a whole rooftop pool with a DJ that they have um, from 12 to 4, I believe, or 12 to 6, something like that. Like a whole situation. I think it was 12 to 4. So I go chill over there with him, watch the Blazers um, Summer League Championship game, which was on TV. They beat the Knicks yet again and won the Summer League Championship. So it just made the whole trip worth it for me where I'm like, Wow, like I got to be a part of this whole situation where the Blazers won. I had a great time in Vegas, came back to Texas, had a good time there with my friends. 
And it just was like a nice ending to the whole thing. Um, and then chilling at the pool, talked to some women up there, but it was nothing crazy. It was like some drama with the, one of the boyfriends, his ex-boyfriend. And yeah, and she was like crying. I don't know, man. It was, it was a wild time up there at that pool, but the music was great once again. After that, me and Zane and Keisha went to this place called, I think it was called Pink Pinkleton? Pinklet? Something. Pinkler? Pinkle? I don't know. Some barbecue place everybody was hyping up. We went there. It was okay, but to me, it was like Four Rivers adjacent. Like, it wasn't that much better than what Four Rivers was. It was the same type of setup, like cafeteria style. So we got our food to go. Bro, I spent like, what did I spend there? Like $40 probably on some ribs, some ribs, some uh, macaroni and cheese with brisket, and some rice, some Cajun rice. I probably, I probably spent like 30 something dollars, close to $40 there. So we did that, went back to the hotel, ate our food, and then we went back to the house, hung out over there. And that was pretty much the, the end of our trip. Like that last night was just more of a laid back time, chilling, talking. My stomach was in shambles from all the bad food I ate on that trip. Um, probably should have been on the Tums a little earlier, but didn't get on the Tums until the Monday of my flight back home. So then I fly out Monday. And I got a, like, 140 flight, so I got to sleep in. Flew back home. I was exhausted. Like, literally took that whole week just to get myself right. Like, I was tired every day. I wasn't getting the proper sleep I needed. Like, the time thing messed me up. But, man, it was an incredible, incredible trip. Like, even the one with the friends, the one by myself. Like, just it was a nice balance of me time and time with my friends. And it's something I'll definitely do again. Another time I'm doing a trip next year, I ain't gonna hold you. Though. I might get a hotel next year just because that house was so freaking cold. Oh my god, Larry keeps the air on like 55, bro. And you know me, I need my air on 78. It was freezing in that house, but it's something about being in a house full of people too, where it's kind of fun. But I ain't gonna lie, I'm probably gonna get a hotel next time just just for my own privacy. Because look, if I had a hotel, I probably could have invited the, the woman back to the hotel. That's one of the disadvantages. We were like, oh, you could have just brought her back to the house. Hell no, when I'm sharing a bedroom with somebody else in his twin beds. That's the disadvantage right there of having a being in a house with somebody. Whereas if it was a hotel, probably could have made something happen that night or made extended the night and hung out more and just enjoyed ourselves a little more. So, yeah, I think the hotel is going to be necessary the next time I go on a group trip like that. Just because I'm at that age where I need a little more privacy. But I'm not mad at, like, sharing the house with them either. That was a fun time. Like, staying up to, like, 5 in the morning and talking was was great. Getting five hours of sleep. <laughs> it was all fun, man. Um, San Antonio is a cool city, too. It's a very – it's a big city, but you feel like you're in a small city because it's just the traffic moves. It's just a very slow-paced city, and it's not super crazy like Vegas traffic-wise. And not, it didn't even feel like Orlando traffic. Like, it's a very laid-back city for the size it is. I was very surprised. It was one of the places where I'm like, I could see myself living there. I don't think I would because Texas, I'm not really a Texas guy like that. But if I had to go live in San Antonio, I wouldn't be, like, kicking and screaming. Like, I would be okay there. Now, Vegas, I don't think I could live in Vegas. I think Vegas is just too much going on. Well, at least the Strip. Maybe if I'm away from the Strip, I could do it. But it's so hot. It's so hot. And the thing with Vegas, like... Florida, you walk outside, it cools off a little at night. Like, it was probably in the 70s at night sometimes. No, Vegas, you walk out, it's still like 108 at night. It's so hot, but you don't sweat. That's the only bad. That's the only good thing. You don't sweat. Like, here, you're going to sweat. 
there you don't really sweat. So that's that's one of the positives about it. But I'll probably have to go back out there just to do like the Grand Canyon, the Hoover Dam, all that like touristy stuff that I didn't do this time. But I'd rather do that when it's cooler. So next time I go to Vegas, it's probably going to have to be when the weather is a little more cooler. And I don't know if I'll go back to San Antonio, but I wouldn't mind it. Like Texas as a whole has cool spots, Houston, Dallas, Austin. I was not that impressed with. I didn't see a lot of Austin, but to me, I wasn't like, I don't know. It didn't give me the Portland vibes that everybody claims Austin is like Portland. It didn't feel like Portland to me. I prefer Portland. Um, but yeah, overall, great trip. Just wanted to come on here and recap it. I don't think I'm missing anything from the trip. Let me make sure I'm not missing anything. We had the rooftop pool, the barbecue, the flight back. Nah, did the chip tooth. Got my tooth uh, fixed when I got home. It's a little different than what it, <laughs> what it looked like before, but it's, I mean... It's life stuff happens. I'm not like gonna trip over it too much because you know it could be worse. It could always be worse. Deion Sanders, you know, he had two toes amputated. Like there's stuff that happens to people in their lives where you're you're not gonna be the same that you were. Um, and for me, just to have a, a chip tooth that I had to get fixed and it looks a little different than what I'm used to, not the biggest of complaints when we're talking about my life, but I'm working with it and um. Just happy to be alive, happy to be healthy. Wanted to come on here, give y'all a recap episode. I will come back and do like a more traditional episode, but just for the people who are wondering how the trip went, want to let y'all know how it went. You know, a little, a little quiet in the beginning. I feel like I ended uh, pretty strong, pretty strong at the club. Um, nice ending to the trip. I do believe the woman I met there, we will probably hang out again at some point. Whether I can get her to come to me, whether I go to her, whether we, I don't know. I just, I thought she had a really good vibe, really good energy. And I think in this phase of dating for me, that's what's most important. So if you have that energy, I'm going to be open to like seeing you again and being around you again. So I do think we will cross paths again. And I'm happy we were able to meet each other on that trip. And that was like the first white girl I kissed in over 10, maybe 12 years. Yeah. That was the first white girl I kissed in 12 years. And the thing is, like, I thought she was Spanish in the beginning because she was speaking Spanish. But when I found out she was white, I was like, hey, it's cool. Like, we can still, let's still, you know, still uh, hanging out. I wasn't mad. Like, I'm trying to be more open, too. I guess that's that's where I'm at right now in my whole, like, dating life. I'm not just trying to be like, oh, only black women I'm going to talk to. Nah, if the vibe is right and the energy is good. I am open to talking to anybody like and showed me that on this trip. So even now when I'm on these dating apps, I'm swiping on a lot of white women. I'm, I'm going to give the white women a chance. Like if they are, if they, if they are right for me, they will get just as good of a chance as everybody else. But with all that being said, this was just a vacation recap. I'll come back on. Um, I know I still have to do a state of Jared. I still have to do like topics and all that. So we'll do all that, but just want to give y'all a recap of my trip. I was supposed to do this like two weeks ago, but bro, I've been out these last couple weekends. Like I went to Janine's graduation. Shout out to her. Um, she just graduated from nursing school. I did that last weekend. And then this weekend, my friend Amanda went out for her birthday. So two busy Saturdays for me. 
And here I am on Sunday recording because I'm like, I am not going to let another weekend go without giving y'all an episode. So this is something to start the week and look forward to a more traditional episode next time when that will be. I don't know because I'm, I'm just tired of promising y'all certain days and I don't deliver. So we'll see what happens with that. But um, I'm going to end this with another Beyonce song because that album is really good. Um, if you haven't heard it yet, Renaissance Act One, I encourage you all to listen to it. But let's end it with this song called Heated. Yeah, this is Heated off the Renaissance Act One. And this is Keeping It Real with Jared Lawrence. I will see y'all later.
minding my biz Monday I'm overrated, Tuesday on my dick Flip flop, flippy flip flopping ass bitch Fan me off, watch my wrist go quick Fan me off, I'm hot, hot, hot like stolen Chanel Lock me up in jail, cuss me please cause this ain't fair Dripped in my pearls like Coco Chanel Uncle Johnny made my dress that cheap spandex She looks a mess Fan me off, I'm hot, hot, hot like stolen Chanel Lock me up in jail, fingertips go tap, 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 tap On my MPC Megan Disco trap Uncle Johnny made my dress that cheap spandex She looks a mess <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.